Hi, I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm Peter Oldring, and we're the hosts of This Is That. Are you kidding? For over a decade, we were radio's go-to source for completely fabricated news. You must be joking me. And now, we're back in podcast form. We've selected some of our favorite stories from over the years and put them in one convenient location. Sugar in the tap water. Bilingual dog park. Charging to see wildlife. This Is That, coming soon on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Together, we have confronted realities and we have set the world in the right direction. This is what women of my age look like. So if it is offensive to you, that is unfortunate. Because news. Gavin Crawford. Why, hello, everybody. I am Gavin Crawford. Welcome to Because News, Canada's funniest news quiz. All seven members of K-pop band BTS have now begun their mandatory service with the South Korean military, according to reports from TMZ. Oh, sorry, from the DMZ. (laughs) Over the next 30 minutes, we'll be making games out of the news. Let's welcome this week's panel. We are so excited to have him here. We're surprised he hasn't snubbed us for the L.A. Dodgers. Our own heavy hitter, Eric Peterson. In the middle chair, his character is unimpeachable. In fact, he's starting to look like one of the only unimpeachable characters out there these days. It's Cliff Cardinal. Thank you. Thank you. I read the news this week. I tried. Get ready. Finally, there is less than two weeks left in 2023, and yet she still believes she can turn this thing around. The always positive Jan Caruana. All right, panel, are you sitting comfortably? Yeah. I am. Fine, fine. Then let's begin. Here we go. Yeah. I am happy to say that Canadians can continue Googling news well into 2024. Yes, unto us, a Google deal has been born. And it's a good thing, too, because Canadians are apparently hungry for knowledge. This week, Google released its 2023 year in search. First question of this round, panel. Of all of the news of this year, which news story do you think ranked number one in Canadians' Google search? Who's that guy with Taylor Swift? (laughs) That was a good guess. Uh, Why am I suddenly poor? (laughs) Where did my house go? (laughs) Uh, You may be surprised to know the number one most Googled news story in Canada, the Women's World Cup. Really? I love softball. (laughs) (laughs) The Global News headline reads, What did you search for in 2023? Google says, Sports. We are the only country that had two sports stories as the top two most searched news stories. First was the Women's World Cup. What was the other sports story that had Canadians frantically Googling? There was a curling scandal. It was a performance-enhancing drug curling scandal. It was uh, lots of Ambien. And, and, um, and, and they're spiking their Ambien with Cialis these days. Well, they do say hurry hard. <laughs> uh, Eric? Oh, well, I think it was the Cricket World Cup. I also found out that the, the trophy for the, <laughs> for the Cricket World Cup uh, is called the Jiminy. 
<laughs> and then I, I further found out that pickleball also uh, has a, a worldwide federation, and they have their bread and butter tournament with its prize. <laughs> with the, isn't this crazy? A stupid, silly joke I'm telling. And, and their their trophy's called the Dill. Uh, weirdly, you are going to get a point for that because, indeed, the second most searched news story was the ICC Cricket isn't, World Cup. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. The war in the Middle East was number three. The fourth most Google news story was all about one person. Which famous person had the whole country looking for all the information they could find? Shania Twain. And they've Googled to find out why she visited Indian Head, Saskatchewan, which is yours truly's hometown. And uh, the reason was, of course, that she was researching for her new album called Small Town Jackass. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good guess. Uh, But I don't think you'll be able to guess who... It seemed like an unlikely celebrity name. The top Canadian uh, search this year was Taylor Swift. She is, in, in her heart, she's Canadian. Deep, deep down, she's Canadian. That's the way Buffy St. Marie is indigenous. <laughs> <laughs> Nona um, St. Marie. <laughs> Weirdly, the number four most Googled news story was a person, and that person was Jeremy Renner. Oh, oh, yeah. That's right. I think that was more about snow plows than it was about <laughs> his injury, wasn't it? And it's only natural that as a country that enjoys a lot of snow that we would be interested in a man injured or we assume he was badly injured by a snow plow. I never thought of it that way, but yes, I guess if you live in Canada, you're like, wait, you can get wait, run over by your own snow plow? Yes. <laughs> he is. Uh, it turns out he's okay. I Googled it. Of course, like a bunch of Adrian Arsenault's, Canadians went deep with their Google questions. We wanted to know the what, the where, the how, and the why of many things, according to the Google Analytics. Google says many of us search one particular why question about this great nation. What were many Canadians asking why about this year? Why does the caged bird sing? Why are you always breaking my heart? Why is Buffy St. Marie such a psychopath? <laughs> That's my last one, I promise. <laughs> I was so upset. I was so yeah, upset of course. when the whole we, thing I happened. Can see yeah. That. That was, yeah. yeah, and you should be, too. Yeah. We should all be upset. Uh, more people were asking this. Why is Kleenex leaving Canada? Oh! <laughs> that is a good question. It was yeah. just uh, time to blow. <laughs> Why is Kleenex leaving Canada? They cited competition reasons and market reasons. The Prime Minister did make it into our heads this year. Uh, He lives in my dad's head, (laughs) rent-free. But the 10th most Googled why question was this. Why did Justin blank? Why did he get a divorce? You are correct for the points. Everybody wanted to know. Why did Justin and Sophie separate? As if we don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw that coming a long time ago. No, no one else. He's, he's got that wandering eye. Oh. Yeah, he couldn't decide between Barbie and Oppenheimer. <laughs> we also seem to collectively have a deep need to know more about King Charles. Canadians had one big question about King Charles. What was the question? What size are his feet? Because he has big shoes to fill. Oh. Oh. 
that's good, eh? I wonder how they look in those high heels of the Queen. <laughs> the other one was, is he from the Royal House of Windsor or is King Charles from the Dog House of Spaniels? Mm. Another clever one that shoots right over the audience's head. <laughs> That's the King Charles Spaniel that I was referring to there. Again, thought it was rather clever and has further put me further behind being invited back on it. See, I think, I think we need to go for CBC and you're going for BBC. <laughs> Those are all good questions about King Charles, but really what we were all Googling is how old is King Charles? Oh. How long does he have left? Yeah. yeah. I just had this thought. Maybe all the people that were Googling how old is King Charles was just employees of the Canadian Mint. <laughs> it's true. I can't believe that we are issuing coins and bills with King Charles. First of all, I feel like we should not be issuing bills and, and coins with the monarch in general. There's so many other great people that we can thank you. Wow. That we can honor on our on our money, but like this guy's like he's not gonna last one rotation, right? <laughs> like we're gonna have to get something else on there pretty quick. <laughs> Weirdly, Canada had three how old questions in the top 10 how questions. There were two other Canadians we were obsessed with finding out the age of. Who were the other two Canadians we really needed to know how old they were? David Suzuki. That's a good guess. It wasn't right? No. <laughs> I'm going to say a sad one. Matthew Perry? Oh, that is, that's a sad one. It is yeah. sad. Not to bring the house down. Uh, I'll bring it back up by telling you the answer. John Tory. Okay. And Pam Anderson. Pam Anderson. Why do you think people were Googling the age of John Tory, the former mayor of Toronto, and Pam Anderson? Because Pam Anderson did that very brave thing of not wearing makeup to like Paris Fashion Week. She always looks incredible, but I thought she looked absolutely stunning with no makeup. That is absolutely correct. What about John Tory, former mayor of Toronto? He, he wasn't he also wasn't wearing any makeup this year. <laughs> Was he too old to have an affair? That's what people were wondering. Yeah. Uh, they were probably trying to find out the age difference. He had an affair with a much younger woman. I think you're never too old to have an affair. Gavin, am I right? Uh, well, after Googling how old is John Tory, you're correct. <laughs> because News, Canada's News Quiz. This week, I'm joined by panelists Eric Peterson, Cliff Cardinal, and Jen Caruana. If you are not already, it is always a good time to follow us on Spotify. Panel, it is time for a round of Needlessly Redacted. This is where we play a clip that made headlines and bleep out one of the words so it sounds dirty. Have a listen to Canada's federal health minister panel and try to figure out what he is saying here. One in four Canadians have said they were unable to visit an oral because it was too expensive. And let's talk about what that practically means. Because when somebody doesn't get the oral that they need, it means uh, they're going to have issues. Oh, that's obvious. Some people say Canadian politics is boring, but not this week. No. <laughs> that was the health minister. Uh, they'll have issues if they don't get the oral what they need, Eric? Contraception. <laughs> I think you'll have issues if you're unable to visit an oral Roberts University. <laughs> it is Thank not. Thank God we've had a health minister who brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Cliff, do you know the real answer? What was the question? I really didn't, I can't really can't remember. 
Yeah, you lost me at oral. <laughs> so many guys just say that, don't they? <laughs> it's not a treasure map down there. Oh, Jan. I've never felt so seen. Uh, here is what the health minister actually said. One in four Canadians have said they were unable to visit an oral health professional because it was too expensive. Oral health professional was the correct answer. Oral health is expensive. So the federal government rolled out its new subsidized dental care program. The headline from CBC News reads, Canada's new dental care plan could impact nearly 9 million Canadians. Are you one of them? How do you know if you are one of them? I hope I'm impacted because I have an impacted tooth. (laughs) Here's how you get onto the program. You look in a mirror and you examine your face carefully. If you have wrinkles or pimples, there's a good chance you will qualify for this dental program. I mean, I can't not give you a point for you that. You can't. <laughs> there are some age qualifications, yeah. but there are a few other qualifications. Jan, do you know any of them? Uh, your teeth had to vote NDP. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You have it's... to have under $90,000. You have to make under $90,000. You are correct for the point. Uh, Does anyone make over (laughs) $90,000? Evidently, a lot of people do. You have to have a net family income below $90,000, and you must be a Canadian resident with no access to dental insurance. You can't have another plan. Oh, I see. If you make under 70K, many of the services will be covered entirely. If you make between 70 and 90, you'll have to pay a portion. But you absolutely must do one other thing. What must you do if you want government-assisted dental care? Floss. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good way to increase the dental hygiene of the whole nation. Eric, what must you have done in order to get subsidized dental care? You have to have filed an income tax return. You are correct. Uh, You must have filed an income tax return in the previous year. Yeah. Tricky. It's just tricky because if you're really poor, you probably don't. And then your teeth rot. Great loophole they made for us, eh? Yeah. 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 If, Dude, if we're not careful, we're going to start looking like Britain. <laughs> Due to the large number of Canadians qualifying, the dental plan will be rolled out in phases. Kids under 12 already have it. Who is next in line to get their teeth cleaned? The original Degrassi kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say old people with teeth or without teeth. <laughs> Eric, you are correct for the point. The next in line are seniors over 87. 87. Can you imagine 87 being the cut? I'm 77 years old. But the life expectancy in Canada is only 81 now, isn't it? This is a clever, clever dental plan. (laughs) And after that, I believe it's dogs. (laughs) And then cats. And then northern communities. (laughs) Next month. Eric, it drops to 77. And by May, it will be open to people over 65. Yeah, but that isn't quite as funny as the original assumption (laughs) that it is, you know, that it actually is quite a rational plan, and it's high time we had one. The plan covers checkups, cleanings, extractions, and deep scaling. What other services will be covered? Oh, it was canals. Dentures. Yes. Ah. Dentures are, in fact, covered. That is a good one. The government is spending $4.4 billion per year on this. Worth it? Oral health care is actual health care because I was watching this episode of Grey's Anatomy, and I'm not even kidding, where a guy got a piece of popcorn stuck in his teeth, and he tried to pick it out and got sepsis. So... Can you give me that number? 
<laughs> the number to call? Yeah, the Unfortunately, to call. you're going to have to wait till 2025 in your age bracket. Oh. No, it's a wonderful initiative. I know there's political reasons for doing it, but it's a wonderful say. I mean, we've had a healthcare system in this country for years and years and years, and dental health hasn't been part of it. It's an absurd situation not to have it. Also, dental health comes in as one of the chief markers of the Canadian class system in this country. And the most personal, I mean, the rich with their pearly, white, even tooth smiles, and the rest of us, gap tooth, decayed, brown, and foul breathed. <laughs> you got to say it right in front of me. <laughs> the government dental plan does come with one big caveat. What is the caveat? caveat? Uh, no anesthetic. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Luckily, uh, Cliff is incorrect. It is not no anesthetic. The big caveat is that you can only go to a dentist that has signed up for the government oh. program. Who are you getting? The government dentists. <laughs> Participation in the program is voluntary, but the health minister says he's extraordinarily optimistic the country's dentists will sign up. This is also going to be really good for the dentists, because I don't know if you know this, but the second highest rate of suicide amongst all professions is dentists. Yeah. First is stand-up comedians. <laughs> you die yeah. a thousand deaths there. <laughs> Uh, well, while we pass the time in the waiting room, waiting for uh, the rollout, Next. allow me now to drill you, panel, on some famous dentists <laughs> in pop culture with this dentist lightning round. These questions are wide open to all of you. First one to spit out the answer wins the point. Okay. This gunfighting dentist used to hang out at the OK Corral. Doc Holliday. Name the little Christmas elf who dreamed of being a dentist. Hermie! You are correct, Jan Caruana. Oh, wow. Nellie had a huge hit in 2005 with this song about dental jewelry. The thong song. <laughs> uh, something about a grill. You're close. Grills. Sounds like this. That's a jam. Grills are not covered under the program. Oh. Uh, Panel, name the beloved character who got kidnapped from his native habitat and held hostage in a dentist's office. Pocahontas. <laughs> N- Nemo. Correct for the point, it is Nemo. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Every kid in 2017 knew this dental-themed dance. Flossing. You're correct, Jen. Dwayne The Rock Johnson starred in this movie with the tagline, You Can't Handle the Tooth. The Tooth Fairy. You're correct. Oh. Finally, in 1976, a famous boxer put out a bizarre children's album on which he fights Mr. Tooth Decay. Who fought <laughs> Mr. Tooth Decay? Mike Tyson. Muhammad Ali? You are correct to the point, Jan Carwana. Muhammad Ali. Jan. Yeah. Sorry, Jan. Well done, panel. <laughs> You've passed the lightning round. Because news. Because news. Canada's funniest news quiz. Joining me today, Eric Peterson, Cliff Cardinal, and Jan Carwana. You can see clips of this show on TikTok and find out which one of us is going through a big steampunk phase. <laughs> it's Eric. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. 
<laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Panel, get ready. It's time for a news clue. This week's clue is a scene from the upcoming sequel to The Godfather. Godfather 4, Phase Out. (laughs) Have a listen and be ready for questions. Please, oil father. (laughs) Without some stronger language and genuine enforcement, we're going to be all wet. Like sleeping with a fish is wet. You come to me on the day of my big conference... And you ask me to shower you with a favor. You tell me I need to kneecap my greatest and most loyal allies. I have a responsibility to the five OPEC families. Do they not deserve fortune and favor? I'll tell you what. I'm going to make them an offer they can refuse. (laughs) More of a suggestion, really. But I believe they will do the right thing. Now go outside and enjoy the beach. Well, there is still some beach to enjoy. <laughs> that was amazing. That's so delightful. That was magic. There is your news clue panel. For the point, what dramatic event wrapped up this week with an offer the world couldn't refuse. You know what? We just put a dead horse in everybody's bed. (laughs) It was not the great TikTok trend, dead horse in my bed. (laughs) Eric, uh, do you know what it was? Yeah, it was a multilateral attempt to avert human extinction by finally uttering the double F words. Fossil fuels. Correct for the point. The Globe and Mail headline reads, Historic deal struck in overtime at COP28 to move away from fossil fuels. COP28 is the 28th annual United Nations climate meeting where governments discuss how to limit climate change. It happens nearly every year, and it's often pretty frustrating for climate change scientists. This year was even more frustrating than usual. What had climate advocates so frustrated about this particular COP conference? There were a few things, Gav. Um... Everyone kept confusing Greta Thunberg with Greta Gerwig. (laughs) And the boy scientists made the girl scientists write down all the ideas because their handwriting was neater. All possibly true, but not what I was looking for. Uh, Cliff and ideas, what made it so frustrating this year? They told the truth. (laughs) Eric? It was held at a Petro state. And the chairman of the, you know, the host was a CEO of the United Arab Emirates Oil Company. So it was, there was certain contradictions. The president of the conference, Sultan Al-Jaber, is the chairman of one of the world's biggest oil companies. He said there was no science 
behind uh, fossil fuels being responsible for global warming? Uh, I'm going to give you an extra point for that. There is no science out there that says the phase out of fossil fuels is what's going to achieve 1.5 degrees Celsius said the head of the climate conference. <laughs> Critics have warned that having Algebar run COP28 was like letting a fox guard a hen house. Uh, but that metaphor seems a little tired. I feel like we can come up with a better one. So uh, work with me on this panel. Uh, letting an oil exec run the climate summit is like what? Like letting Danielle Smith near your pension. <laughs> Eric? It's like having Xi Jinping of China and Prime Minister Modi of India co-chair the inquiry into political interference by foreign actors in Canadian democratic practice. In the end, Algebra surprised many and managed to broker a groundbreaking climate agreement. What made the agreement so groundbreaking? It actually broke ground because of fracking. (laughs) (laughs) Eric. Well, it's ridiculous that this is groundbreaking. They actually mentioned fossil fuels. They've managed never to kind of blame fossil fuels. We've always talked around it. And now this, the groundbreaking one is, we've mentioned You are correct. The first time nations agreed about the need to move away from fossil fuels. Using those terms. The New York Times headline reads, At COP28, an oil man got a deal on quitting oil. (laughs) More than 100 countries lobbied for strong language to phase out oil, gas, and coal use. But phase out was apparently too hardcore (laughs) for oil companies. In the end, everyone agreed on a different phrase. (laughs) Instead of phase out... What did they go with? Just be chill about. We're just going to be chill about fossil fuel. (laughs) Back away from. Ooh, you're not far off with back away from. Transitioning away. The headline from Forbes reads, COP28 and fossil fuels, a transition away, but no phase out. Hmm. Is there anything uh, you've been unable to phase out so you've just transitioned away from instead? (laughs) I'm uh, phasing out Egg McMuffins, and I'm transitioning to cigarettes. (laughs) That's much healthier. (laughs) More social, too. Transition away. I'm transitioning away from bending down to lace up my shoes, (laughs) but not phasing out, shuffling along in them with the laces dragging. Let's check in now with Entertainment News Panel. After a tumultuous couple of years, the Golden Globes are back and under new management. With the disbanding of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the new owners say the Golden Globes are back minus the corruption. And in an effort to prove that, the Golden Globes are introducing a new category to highlight a genre that is overlooked at award shows. What type of films does this new category honor? Best performance by a dog in a leading role. And the best thing is how they award it. They just throw the Golden Globe. (laughs) And whichever dog brings it back first wins. It's hard to to make the Golden Globes less meaningful. It's true. (laughs) But they have found a way. Does anyone know for real what the new category is? I don't even want to know, man. I just want to say, check out Little Bird. Okay, that's about the 60s scoop. It's got Darla Contois in it. If you want to see something real, check out that show. And don't watch the Golden Globes. I agree. 
Jen. You're going to applaud. Go, no, don't, don't make me stop yeah. you. Do watch yeah. Little Bird. Bad. Meanwhile, the uh, Golden Globes will be adding the new category blockbusters. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they did make it less meaningful. Yes, the headline from Deadline reads, Golden Globe's new box office category delivers first-time nods to Mission Impossible, Guardians of the Galaxy, and John Wick franchises. Ugh. That's the reason that they don't make like rom-coms anymore, like small films. Like they're just, there's no profit in them because these other films just like come in and like take over everything. Every marketing dollar is put towards these IPs. But isn't the Golden Globes just like kind of a giant commercial anyways? Like, do they really need a commercial for the movies that did the best? No, I agree. As well as the Golden Globes were kind of a fig leaf over the gross indecency of the money-making machine that the entertainment business is. Now that fig leaf is gone, and we have to look at their gross member staring (laughs) us in the face. (laughs) Hairy and wrinkled and vast. (laughs) And, and, And white. <laughs> and white. But yeah, I mean, it's one of the sorry. Yeah, it's one of the most racist shows on TV, and has been for a long time. And now they just get a seat at the big kids' table. Like, oh, they're champions of civil rights. I'm so proud to watch the Golden Globes again this year. <laughs> The producers are promising a highly entertaining ceremony, which should be helped by the category of best song. Nominees include several tracks from Barbie, as well as a song from a video game. Which video game? I'll guess, uh, like, Super Mario? Uh, The song is called Peaches. It is based on Princess Peach. Variety compared this love ballad to something Meatloaf would sing. How does Peaches go? Does Jack Black sing it? He does. I don't know how it goes. I just know him. Oh, from the movie. Yeah. Oh, that was a beautiful song. If it's Jack Black, it's probably like, the peach is coming along and they sing this song for all the people that came along in the blast of life and then I made Peaches my wife. (laughs) Unbelievable. That's my Jack Black. That's all I got. That is the great Jack Black. Here is the song Peaches. Peaches, 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 peaches. See, can I just talk about the patriarchy for one second? I had rhyme. I had rhythm. I had soul. I brought it. I, a woman, brought it to the game. This freaking guy sings peaches for two minutes. You getting a Golden Globe? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give you a point for your Peaches guest song, Jen. Thank you, Gavin. The Golden Globes will be handed out January 7th, but if you're looking for something equally frivolous to uh, while away your holiday viewing time, well, Hallmark has you covered. I love these movies. They go great if you turn the sound off. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It is Hallmark Christmas movie season. And this year, even Nova Scotia got the Hallmark treatment. Can you guess the name of the Nova Scotia Hallmark movie? Donaire and Blitzen. (laughs) I like. Old Lights, New Glasgow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It could be that. Uh, It is not. It is simply called Christmas Island. Oh, that's... Christmas Island? The headline reads, Christmas Island on Hallmark, where a pilot and air traffic controller find love and lobster traps. Oh, that sounds beautiful. (laughs) Eric, could I come over and watch it? (laughs) According to one review, there's a lot of, um, there's possibly too many mentions of lobster. (laughs) 
<laughs> the town has a unique Christmas Eve tradition. What is the cliched East Coast Christmas Eve tradition? You put your lobster trap out at Christmas, and if you're good, Lobster Claus brings you butter. <laughs> and if you're bad, he brings you margarine. <laughs> Clip, any idea? Yeah, you, you come back to town and maybe you've come through a divorce or it's a hard time in your life and and um, you, you meet this guy who, you know, used to go to high school with you and but he was a real jerk back then but he's a doctor now. <laughs> and and um, you, you see one step after another, it starts with a bit of ar- argument and some repartee but by the end, you are ready to get married again mm-hmm. but to this guy. Clip, oh. I liked your answer. The only... D- problem with it is it's the East Coast and you said there was a doctor there. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Zing! <laughs> that joke is for my mother-in-law. Yeah. Where were we? Oh yes, the tradition in the movie, they have the annual lighting of the lobster trap tree memorial where they uh, make a tree out of lobster traps and then light it for the fellers who have been lost at sea. Oh, wow. That's very sad. Are you, I was going to ask, are you Hallmark movie people, Cliff? You love them with the sound love off? Love them all the time, no matter what. Uh, have you ever been in one, Eric? I have. This past June. I don't, it was, I don't think it's Hallmark. There's a rival company up in North Bay. They do nothing but these romantic movies in North Bay, where North Bay poses as New York City. And the country's... <laughs> that's why we often refer to New York as the North Bay of America. <laughs> And, and, and the countryside around North Bay is, is Vermont. It's usually the New England ones. And so I did one in June, and you're, you're in a house. I, I, Jane Eastwood and I were the cute old couple. The young people were of unearthly beauty. The, the two young stars of it were of unearthly beauty. Beauty. In fact, when I went on set for the first time, I said, I'm sorry. I can't act with you for a few moments because you are too beautiful. What did Jane Eastwood say? <laughs> she kicked me in the ass. <laughs> Jane and I were a very charming couple, I must say. It was great fun. But it's total escapism. I mean, it's escapism taken to a degree that uh, unknown to humankind. A recent study came out suggesting that 70% of the Hallmark Christmas movie audience have something in common. What do they all have in common? Cliff? Um, perimenopausal. <laughs> you are correct for the points. You want to mention the patriarchy now? <laughs> always. I always want to mention the patriarchy. Uh, Jan, did you have a guess? What do they have all in common? Um, they're all preferred customers at Michael Craft Supply. <laughs> also correct. They found that over 70% of the Hallmark audience is women over 50. But specifically, according to a Salon article who ran this headline, MAGA women want a Hallmark home for the holidays fantasy. According to Salon, what fantasy are these plus 50 women being sold by Hallmark? These are MAGA women? Like, make America great women? Republican voters, I think, is what they're meaning. A small town girl leaves her small town for an even smaller town (laughs) where everyone is white and no one is gay. (laughs) 
Uh, you're not entirely out of the ballpark. Uh, apparently, they're designed for women who want to live out the fantasy that their wayward daughters will stop living in the big city and return to live near their mothers. Wow. That's why it's always a girl with a big city job and a rich ass husband in the city, and then they have to come back to the small oh, I town. Thought the, I thought the fantasy they were selling was that only individuals who obstructed justice and are in jail <laughs> for Donald Trump actually get a, a temporary parole to go home for Christmas <laughs> to be with their family. You, That's what I thought. You guys are so cynical. <laughs> it's, it's about Christmas. It's about the holidays, you know, and, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, Every Christmas is a white Christmas when you're indigenous. <laughs> but uh, let's just enjoy this. Come on, let's get into the spirit, everybody. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, apparently part of the trend is uh, older women like them because they can imagine that their daughters will leave the city and come back and live at home. Wow. It's never going to happen. <laughs> or if it does, you'll be sorry. <laughs> And with that, we've come to the end of another exciting Because News. Our champion this week is Eric Peterson. Congratulations, Eric. You have the honor of reading our credits. I am Gavin Crawford, rocking around the Christmas tree, hit number one on the charts this week after 65 years. Mariah may suddenly want to add one more thing to her Christmas list for it to look like an accident. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Why? Hi, Canada. This is Eric Peterson, winner of Because News. Congratulations to my runners-up, Cliff Cardinal and Jan Caruana. Because News is written and produced by Elizabeth Bowie, David Carroll, Gavin Crawford, Phil Lung, and Jess Klimowski. This week, they had help from Miguel Rivas and John Blair. Rounding out the team, Aaron Conway, Bronwyn Page, Errol Gonzalve, and our recording engineer, Paul Hodge. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.